from the vault. High atop the pastoral center of the Diocese of Camden, you're listening to Talking Catholic. Good afternoon, Woodchuck Chuckers. It is February 2nd, Groundhog Day. It is cold. February 2nd, we are celebrating Groundhog Day on Talking Catholic. I'm Pete Sanchez, staff writer, social media coordinator for the Star Herald. Mike Walsh, how are you? The Groundhog, Phil saw his shadow. You know, it's funny. Uh, while I know that today is Groundhog Day, until you started speaking about it, I can't say that I gave it a second's thought. However, I'm glad you did because it's certainly good press for the fine people of Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania. Yeah. Um, what what did the what what did Phil do? Phil saw his shadow. Okay. Six more weeks of winter. This, Phil usually sees a shadow, right? Sometimes I think some years he does not. I don't okay. know how that. Well, I, as I recall, it's like it's pretty heavily weighted to one side <laughs> or the other, but I don't recall which one it is. Prognosticator, um, prognosticators, okay. as yeah. they call them. Definitely the first time we've talked about a rodent on the podcast, so that's that's right. Yes, and yeah. I just I love the movie Groundhog Day. Oh yeah, it's a classic. So, uh, Twenty five years old this year. Wow. Mm-hmm. It's a millennial. Totally, yeah, you know what they should do? They should make a sequel to Groundhog Day. Just re-release the original. <laughs> That's that's very funny and very meta. Good so, job. Hope, hope our listeners get that. <laughs> and today, Mike, is not only Groundhog Day. It is the technically the end of the Christmas season. So if you still have your Christmas tree up, you can have it today. Mm-hmm. It is the Feast of the Presentation of the Lord. Mm-hmm. Or Candlemas in some places. Uh, um, talking about Jesus entering the temple and, and the light of the world, being being the light of the world. So uh, as we come to Lent, and we'll hear more about that in the next podcast, upcoming Lent. But now, Mike, we got some things coming up next week, February 9th, a week from today. The Catholic Business Network uh, in Woodcrest Country Club in Cherry Hill. Uh, it's going to feature the discussion, The Changing Landscape of Higher Education, with Dr. Frederick Keating of Rowan College at Gloucester County. So come out uh, if you're a business owner, if you work for a particular business in Delaware Valley, come out. That's at 7.30, a week from today at Woodcrest, Woodcrest Country Club in Cherry Hill. For more info, find this event on camdendiocese.org. There's an events calendar right on your right-hand side. Uh, so go there to find the link to uh, register. And then, Mike, we got on February 11th the Tri-State Gospel Concert, which sounds really neat. It's going to be uh, featuring choirs from uh, Camden, I think, um, a few other places. This, uh, Yeah, the uh, Archdiocese of Philadelphia and I want to say the Diocese of Trenton, but I'm, I don't remember if that's the third or not. Yeah, All the not. logos are on the the paperwork you're looking at, and uh, two of them I understand, and one of them I am not entirely certain of. That's why. But uh, <laughs> yes, but I, I do know this is the I forget what annual version of this it is. But uh, the concerts themselves are absolutely unbelievable, and the and the the gospel choir for the diocese uh, routinely blows away uh, our bishop whenever he gets a, a chance to see them perform. They are unbelievable, worth you yeah. really worth. The price of admission, which is uh, negligible for this event, which is, come to think of it, I think it might be free. I think, yeah, there's nothing here about the cost. It's, it's at the Gordon Theater at Rutgers University in Camden on February 11, 2018. That's a Sunday. Uh, doors open at 2 and the concert starts at 3. So it's hosted by Black Catholics and the Cultural Diversity Ministry. Mm-hmm. So come on out, RSVP online at https colon slash slash RUCDioceseConcert.eventbrite.com or call James Andrews, Director of Black Catholics and Cultural Diversity, 856 583 2907, Tri State Gospel Concert. Should be a good time. And speaking of Lent, Mike, uh, the day before Ash Wednesday, uh, night before is big day, Mardi Gras. Yes. And the Catholic young adults are going to party in Cherry Hill. <laughs> I will be there. Um, so join me. Uh, it's going to be the Mardi Gras celebration. Uh, it's part of the Theology on Tap program for young adults. So come on out. That's going to be at the Mother Mary Joseph of Hospitality Center, uh, 1215 Crescent Road in Cherry Hill. That is uh, 6.30, doors open. 7 p.m., there will be pizza and wings. 7.30, a nice reflection. And then closing prayer at 8.30. So come on out, Mike. I'm actually in charge of the music for this. Are you uh, really? I am. My, uh, the, my, the boss, Greg Coogan, 
organizes this wants me to get some music. So oh. I do well, have do you, uh, know, some, do you know what your playlist is yet? A little Zydeco. Oh, okay. You know, That's um, good. Which is a little uh, Louisiana, mm-hmm. New Orleans. Mm-hmm. I, I hope I'm, I'm not butchering that. But I, so it'll be a good time. It'll be a lot of fun. That's come on out again. Um, you can find the info for that again on the CamdenDiocese.org website mm-hmm. uh, to register. This um, this link here that they have the RSVP is long and it's a lot of letters and yeah. Anytime, and anytime we bring anything up on the uh, the podcast, people can always know. Just go to uh, the CamdenDiocese.org events page and you'll be able to find this and much much more. We have a we have a ton of stuff going on in the diocese. That, uh, yeah. we, we only really touch on a few things that uh, in the podcast, but. Uh, You'd be amazed at just how vibrant and active the diocese is in events that are going on around. And even our calendar doesn't have everything that's going on at every parish, but we have quite a yeah. few. And it's uh, worth uh, worth perusing it sometime because there's a lot of uh, good information on there, as our website has in general. Yeah. So, yeah, and that's a good point to note. Everything we mentioned here, it's, it's not the be-all and all. There's a whole lot of other stuff, yeah. different uh, activities, programs, Bible studies, Um so check it out, CamdenDiocese.org. Right on the right-hand side is the calendar. Yeah. So come to these events and come to many more. And uh, if you see Mike and I, say hello. Mike, who do we have today on the show? Well, you know what? This is a, this is one of our good podcasts. It's, it's an important weekend this weekend. Um, obviously, it's the Super Bowl weekend for us, and that is primarily important. But even more important than that is the fact that my Knights of Columbus is having a big game uh, breakfast fundraiser at uh, St. Bridget's Parish at uh, – from 9.30 a.m. to noon, so please feel free to come out to that, um, to prepare, to really carbo-load before the uh, the Eagles-Patriots play in the evening, because uh, so, you want you want your proteins in the evening. You start the day with your, with your carbs, so you can really manage throughout the entire day. I'm telling you folks, yeah, follow, follow this advice. But, um, but also this weekend, this weekend is also uh, annually the House of Charity kickoff weekend. House of Charity kickoff is our, uh, the Bishop's annual appeal supporting a plethora of, um, of uh, ministries throughout the diocese, including uh, vocations and Catholic charities and Vitality Catholic Healthcare Services and, and many, many more. So you'll be seeing uh, as you go into your pews this weekend, you'll be seeing the uh, the video which I've seen this year, and it's I would I venture to say the best that uh, the uh, the development department has made uh, in the any of the years that I've ever seen videos come out because it's it's truly wonderful and engaging, and you'll really understand why the people do. The, why the people who work in these ministries do what they do, um, and why people love things like Catholic education and and, and vocations and, and things like that. So the number one person we have with us at the moment to, to really talk about the, the House of Charity appeal itself is the Director of Development, Jim Lanahan. Good afternoon, Mike. How are you? Oh, we're very good. Thanks for joining good. us today in, in your uh, on your Carson with your Carson Wentz T-shirt over your. Uh, Dress blues. Absolutely. Look good. I had to make that hard decision. Yes. Do, I, do I wear the guy who got us here or do I wear the, the guy who's going to get us through the next step? I, well, the billboard <laughs> I saw that I really like is uh, uh, from whence we came uh, in foals we trust. Yeah. And I, whoever, I think the, I think, uh, the Philly Tourism Board has that, put that That up. is a great yeah. billboard I love coming, it. coming into Camden yeah. from the east. And yeah. uh, I don't know that I've seen it on any of the TV stations or whatever, but yeah. somebody's got to get out there and take, oh, a, take a shot. At I think it's outstanding. I, I got to give those guys a lot. From a marketing perspective, I, I looked at that and went, in a million years, I want to come up with that. You, you marketers really know what you're doing. That's that's fantastic. And then we have uh, two additional guests uh, who will introduce themselves. Janetta Warren. I'm a program director with Catholic Charities. Um, many programs, actually. Uh, one of the programs that we have is Atlantic City Electric. We um, assist our clients with utility bills. Mm-hmm. They can get up to $200. So if you know someone that needs some assistance with the Atlantic City Electric Bill, please reach out to Catholic Charities. Also, I'm the director of the Parish Assistance Program. We assist the parishioners that's in need of many different issues. Um, I work closely with Vitality. We partner with many different agencies within the diocese. And also, last but not least, we have a, a grant from the Burke Foundation, a lovely family that granted us some funding in Atlantic County to assist people with employment, transitioning back into employment, also um, undocumented 
I'm busy, but I love my work. <laughs> <laughs> and finally... Hello, good afternoon. My name is Rosemary Love. I'm an RN care coordinator with Vitality, and I work with other nurses and social workers. And we reach out to people um, in their homes um, and try to connect them with services that they may be available for. And um, the program is about two years old now. We just had our second year anniversary, mm -hmm. and we are getting busier and busier by the day. Today we had more intakes than we've ever had. We have Natasha at the care uh, at the call center and Sister Mary Rose and Natasha's desk is right across from mine and she came out and kept saying, Rosemary, this is the busiest day we've ever had. <laughs> so things are really picking up and I think people are learning more and more about Vitality mm -hmm. and it is a wonderful program and I'm thoroughly enjoying it. I've been a nurse for 20 years and this is definitely a different type of nursing, mm -hmm. but um, it really does follow uh, the nursing model. Yeah. Um, so. And of course, uh, you can go to catholiccharitiescamden.org or vitality.camdendiocese.org for Vitality Catholic Healthcare Services, or you can find all of that, once again, on camdendiocese.org as well. And come to think of it, Vitality is a helpline too, right? Yes, we do. And um, that number is it's one eight 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 two six vitality or one eight 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 two six eight four eight two five. Okay, so Jim, getting back to the House of Charity Bishop's Annual Appeal in general, you know, can you give us some of the history behind that? When did it start, and for what purposes? Oh gosh, Mike, we're we're probably into our fiftieth year of be actually behind our fiftieth year in terms of uh, House of Charity Bishop's Annual Appeal. Um, as you said, our, we, we think we have got a great video this year. Uh, we have a history of doing videos, but it's been very interesting in the past couple of years. You know, we've been challenged by Pope Francis uh, to become disciples of our Lord. And uh, uh, that, that means there are certain things that we, we want to encourage in terms of the ministries that we fund and, and the things that those ministries do. And probably the first challenge that the Pope has given us is to encounter, to encounter the face of Jesus and those that we meet uh, and make sure that the those that we meet and serve encounter the face of Jesus and us as we provide that service. Um, really nice to know that the, the funding that comes as a result of Bishop's Annual Appeal House of Charity funds these various ministries. You'll hear more about them as we go through the podcast, I'm sure. Um, but you'll see if you've taken a look at our theme for House of Charity over the past two years. Last year, we talked about encountering the living God, and we followed one of our seminarians who followed the folks who give the ministries uh, to those in need as he encountered those people and began to understand their stories. This year, we take that step one further, walk with me, uh, because not only does the Pope ask us to encounter, after the encounter, he asks us to accompany. Uh, and, and certainly, Bishop has been very, very excited by uh, the charge that the Pope has given us in this area to become missionary disciples. Um, if you take a look at, uh, at House of Charity and all the various things that are, it funds, you'll see that those are ministries that affect people day to day, uh, individual lives across the diocese, that uh, people that, that none of us will necessarily meet or be able to get a thank you from them or whatever, uh, but folks who are in need, we're making a difference across the diocese. That's the exciting uh, part of it. Yeah. Um, there are some just wonderful stories in this year's uh, video. Um, we haven't seen a person who's, who's uh, uh, seen it yet uh, that hasn't come to us that said that they were touched. Um, I was I was talking to someone, a social worker, this morning who was a social worker for 40 years, headed up a county human services uh, program here in the Diocese of Camden, actually in, in Cape May County, and he said he was he had never seen anything that affected him in terms of you know a video presentation that yeah. really got to the heart of what it is that we do and the difference that we make. Yeah. So it's exciting. I think uh, uh, we're in for an exciting. Uh, uh, appeal this year. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It's uh, it's three wonderful stories, uh, each one yeah. powerful in its own way, um, that really, really touches your heart, and I think does a great job of sort of um, uh, showing 
what it is to be a Catholic and b not because of who's depicted on the screen, but because of the ministry that goes that, that, that that's on display of reaching out to these people in need, uh, yeah, which we is always remember we don't do it because we don't do it because they're Catholic. Right. We do it because we're Catholic. Right. Uh, and in fact, in in one of the stories, uh, probably one of the more touching stories on the video, is a gentleman who came from us who really had a severe need. Uh, he was not Catholic, a, a tremendously Christian individual, um, wonderful family, um, but came came to us because he needed something that he couldn't get anywhere mm -hmm. else. And, yeah. and we were able to, to help him mm -hmm. in, in, in the last moments of his life. Yeah. And Janetta, I was going to say, just Catholic Charities in general, we've we've talked to Mr. Hickey, Kevin Hickey, on the program several times. Um, and we often will bring up uh, Catholic Charities. And though I, I much prefer bedeviling Mr. Hickey when he's here, because uh, he's fun to do that too, uh, the truth of the matter is the work of Catholic Charities is astounding. And and saying, going back to what Jim said earlier, you know, we don't do things because we're, uh, we don't do things because you're Catholic, we do things because we're Catholic. Catholic. I, that's really the central core of Catholic Charities in general, right? Yes, it really is. The work that we do really is we impact lives. The client that we help is just not the client. It's their family, their children. We uh, make a difference. It's, it, the funding, most of the funding that we get is restricted through government or state. The funding that we get from the appeal, we can use it more liberally with our clients. So a lot of times they don't fit into certain grants. But because we have that funding, we can help them. Uh, there's a thousand stories I could think off the top of my head. But we had a veteran that had a certain income. His electric was cut off. And because we had, and he didn't fit in any of the parameters or the guidelines or the criteria for any other assistance. But because we have funding from the appeal, we was able to assist him. Yeah. And this guy was so humble. He was so grateful. Our clients come to us and they're most vulnerable. And, you know, to be able to assist them and help them give them a hand up, not, you know, you know, to help yeah, them. Right. They just need a support system and our case managers. And it's not all about the funding and money. That's important. But sometimes they need support system. They feel like they're not in it alone. They're desperate. Yeah. They're at their most, you know, they're, they're at their weakest point in their lives. Yeah. To be able to assist them, it is amazing to see the light in their eyes when we when they when able to provide assistance. Yeah. And you know, you mentioned something that uh, I think it's overlooked sometimes is uh, restricted funding. Yes. Um, and it, it's true. You know, we'll, we get grants. It's wonderful. There's lots and lots of grants out there, and and Catholic Charities has been on the receiving end of many of them. But that restriction is very problematic because they can't be used across across services. There's so many guidelines. Yeah. yeah. Whereas something like this, something that's integrated just right into the, the people from the pews specifically for use by Catholic charities in, in the ways that they deem that there's the greatest need, that is a big difference. And something, so you know, it's when, when our, when our, the people in the pews or donors make that decision to give a gift, they are, what they're really doing is it's a gift of an opportunity. You know, it's that, a gift of life. It, it, it really is. changing lives. Yeah. Not just that person, the whole family is impacted by that moment. Yeah. So at that moment, you, you, you're like a lifeboat mm -hmm. to keep that family from falling between the cracks because they don't fit in any other grant criteria. We yeah. want to help them, but if it's a state or a county federal loan or grant, excuse me, grant, we're not, we're not able to help them. Yeah. So this is really, I, I can't tell you how many people's lives we change yeah. with this funding. And Janetta, how long have you been with Catholic Charities? Five years. Five years. Okay. And uh, you regret coming there? Yeah, no, it's had the greatest <laughs> experience of my life. Yeah. Professionally and personally. Yeah. There I are, love working for Catholic Church. I, I have to say, and I've told this to Kevin Hickey and, and a number of people at Catholic Charities, but if I ever need a little pick me up in my day, you know, if, some, if there's just been one of those days that's been sort of grinding on me. All I need to do is go over to Catholic Charities or, for that matter, go across the street and talk to the folks over Vitality because there's always just amazing work being done. Just, oh, yeah. just people, people, I, I, this is sort of off topic, but, you know, I was having a conversation with another marketing person. Marketing people, you know, notoriously not, I don't know. The word Christian isn't often referred, used when discussing marketing people, and I understand my own limitations, but – when I'm around, because of the people I'm around so much, it fills my 
heart with such hope and joy that there are these people in our lives that I get to surround myself with and go, okay, we've got a chance. We're, we're as a culture, as a country, as a planet, we're going to be just fine because all these good people exist, right? Michael, you are you are so so right because uh, fundraisers aren't all that different yeah. than marketing people, if you will. Uh, so much of our life is spent in the. Uh, the, the back room, if you will, how does one process gifts, how does one track them, uh, um, how do we maintain our relationships with donors, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Uh, as we go out to, you know, one of the opportunities that we do have is as we go out to create that video, we encounter those th maybe three or five stories that, that we have the opportunity to create that video around, and we encounter the real people. That's what it is that we're doing or, you know, our, the work that we do day to day doesn't take us. We don't provide the services to those people and, and, and what have you. So we're much more of a business office, if you will. Mm -hmm. But it's the one time of the year when we get to go out and see the real difference that yeah. we make. Um, we try to expose all the staff to that because it, it just makes a difference. It reminds them of why it is that we're doing what we do each and every day, which is sometimes difficult and painful and what have you. Yeah. Um, but knowing that we make the difference and the kind of difference we make just makes it all worthwhile. And in a lot of ways, vitality is the same way. You know, we, we had the, for years, decades even, uh, the diocese ran a number of nursing homes. But over time, realized that it was time to get out of that business. It wasn't. We weren't being able. We weren't being able to provide the best services out there. And quite frankly, the service required great deal, a great deal more uh, funding on our part than than we were capable to provide. So we transitioned from the nursing homes to Vitality. And what we've learned, and Deacon Jerry Jablonowski uh, explained this to us quite recently, um, we've gone from s being able to service a couple of hundred people to thousands of people. That's right. Yeah. Yes, that's right. And I think this was definitely uh, the bishop's vision, was to be able to reach out into the communities more and to touch the lives of more people, because there are so many people that live alone or uh, they're getting older and they have adult children who have their own lives and are not available. They may not even live in a close proximity, and they're not even aware of what services that they may qualify for. Or, And I think, personally, I think the underlying theme of the people that I visit is they are just so happy and feel uh, so blessed to be able to have someone that cares uh, yeah. because they think in their daily lives, you know, they can be just alone and feel isolated and people are so grateful for what you can do for them. And it could be anything as, um, I won't call it small, but it may just be having a Eucharistic minister come out yeah. and bring them uh, the body of Christ, or having a priest or deacon make a visit, um, or Stephen minister, which we do have the Stephen ministers that are um, available in the different uh, parishes. And then when I speak with them, being able to sit down and just, you know, have presence with them. And it's almost like, you know, it's uh, God allowing me to be present in their lives yeah. and um, help them. And it really does make a difference. And it is very, very rewarding. And um, it's so much different, like as I say, from the other types of nursing that I've done. Um, and this is just such, so much more of a holistic approach and being able to impact their lives in a real way every day with setting up different services that will help them, help them to live in their homes more independently, um, give them that little bit of uh, boost or confidence to keep going. And um, just with the assistance of whether it's food or being able to get them um, home care services in various ways, um, it just makes you know all the difference in the world for them and knowing that they have my card, they can call me if they need other things. But we see so many different types of clients and I would say, um, my youngest was 40 and the oldest was 101. Wow. Wow. So, and they all have uh, varying needs and a lot of them, they just don't know how to sign up for services or if they qualify for them um, and what they can do. And we have people in their homes, we have homeless people. So um, it, it's, it's a, you know, wonderful uh, ministry and, um, 
no, just I, really enjoy it very much. And it's so it's so mm-hmm. varied as well that, that there are so many elements to, to vitality um, that it's it's whatever Catholic charities doesn't touch vitality seems to pick up. The, and actually, quite, yeah, lot. quite a bit of partnering. Together, yeah, yes. yeah, very closely. Yeah, yes. yeah, that's been noted in a number of videos we've done mm-hmm. and stories that we've done is just how closely these groups work. And it, it's it, there's almost while there's certainly a demarcation between the two, that handoff from one to the other is, is amazing to watch and, and to, to hear about later. Yeah. Uh, Mike, and you're you're so right on that. Uh, so many times, um, you know, folks will call our office. We're not the office that provides. Uh, service per se, but they call our office because they see House of Charity in, in the phone book. Uh, and we'll refer folks to either Catholic Charities or Vitality, depending upon what the particular need is that comes to us. Mm-hmm. But invariably, in case after case after case, um, Vitality goes in, meets with the client, and they know immediately they have to call Catholic Charities because mm-hmm. the issue isn't just a health issue. Or Catholic Charities goes in and, and starts interacting with the client and discovers, wait a second, it's not a social service issue. There's a health issue as well. Mm-hmm. And so we see over and over again the, the coordination of, of those two ministries. Um, following up on what Rosemary was saying, I, I, you know, I find it interesting. Bishop in, encourages our pastors to look at the particular needs within their parishes and and. Often there are parishes that have lots of similar needs, but we discover where you are in the diocese, you find very different needs. So you go the further south into Cape May County that you go, for example, the more the issue is adult services, um, uh, services for the elderly and, and aging, uh, families where mom and dad live down the shore all the year, but the children live up in Philadelphia. And so they can go down on the weekend, but mom and dad are alone during the week. What kinds of yeah. services and helps and assistance can we, can we provide those folks? At the same time, we've recently interacted with pastors who've said, gee, you know, in the past two months, I've had five funerals in my parish because of addiction. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you know, we know that, not that we know, uh, our church is going to have a hard time itself solving the addiction problem. That's not going to happen. A whole lot more resources are going to have to be developed from, from all kinds of different directions. But we need to become more able to help families get through those situations. And maybe if we can help more and more families, families will be able to have an impact in terms of, you know, those kinds of situations not happening. Um, But it's something that we have to look at across the diocese. Um, And Bishop's asking us to do that. And he should be commended for doing so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. just, uh, I just wanted to touch on now, Catholic Charities and Vitality are certainly a notable recipients, um, but we have a number of other recipients as well. The um, Catholic Schools is the newest recipient, right? That yep. was just added yes, a few years ago. Just added two years ago, and uh, uh, there are several different ways from a fundraising perspective that we have help schools, uh, but certainly one of them is House of Charity, and we've made a commitment that over the next five years we'll be increasing the number of dollars that uh, uh, House of Charity dollars that are used to support uh, education, uh, youth and, and young adults, as Pete yeah. was talking about, theology on tap and and what have you, or, or we know that the future of our church is our youth. We need to get okay. them back into our pews and back into our church, and theology on tap is one of the ways of doing that, not to mention varieties of other youth programs uh, across the diocese. Uh, evangelization, reaching out to our to the folks in our pews, and making them realize that who we are as a church is about evangelization. That's what our you know our mission is, and and how do we help them um, understand that? Um, gosh, and any number of other uh, other programs across the the diocese. I won't go through the list, but there are a lot. Of, it's a lot. It's a big you know, list. It's a, nice it's a big list. list. Yeah. When, when you say evangelization, what you mean? Different programs, speakers, or uh, you know, I, yeah, Mike, it's, uh, um, I know we look it's, 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 no, you don't look like Mike. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's interesting. I sit on a, a parish council, a pastoral council in my own parish. And so, uh, Bishop has asked every one of our pastors to look at a little book. It's called Living as Missionary Disciples. And so we as a pastoral council are looking at how do we as a church create the, the programs the, the culture, if you will, 
the conditions uh, necessary for our people to understand that they are missionary disciples and then ultimately grow them as a community so they can in fact go out and 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 go forth and, and build our church. Uh, that's mm -hmm. not an easy process, it's a long process. Um, Mike and I have certainly had the conversation. We have, we have lots of programs within our diocese that promote evangelization. I don't think that we as Catholics are generally pretty good at tooting our mm -hmm. horn in terms of all the things that we need to do. Uh, and we yeah. need to get the word, mm -hmm. word out there publicly that our, our church is here, we're strong, we're active, we are doing things in the community. Uh, that's what our young millennials, in fact, are looking for. Um, you know, it's not liturgy that attracts them, it's mission and vision. And what are the things that we're doing out in the community? Somehow we have to take that aspect of what we do to attract them, to bring them back in to appreciate what liturgy is. I don't think it works the other, other way around. Well, some may disagree, but um, in, in any case, that's a challenge that we, I, that we face. I have to say, I'm th uh, one of the things I'm thankful for this past uh, November, I went to NCYC, the National Catholic Youth Conference, and you, uh, with, the, uh, with the help of House Charity and the generosity of donors, uh, a lot of youth were able to go to Indianapolis, and it was great. You're talking about missionary disciples. They heard speakers. They... Uh, adoration. There was just such an experience of encounter, and they came back on fire. And, and, and beautiful that, to that's see the that. fascinating piece. When you talk to them, when you see them, they literally come back on fire. Yeah. They, you can't. You can't. You can't describe in words the impact that it that it has on them. Um, you know, they experience liturgy in a whole different way than we typically experience it in our parish. Mike, you've probably experienced it as you've gone away to different conferences. Um, you know, it, it, it's fascinating when you put, you know, 1,500 people that do a particular ministry in our church together at a liturgy where they're not only singing the song, the song is pouring out of them. Uh, uh, it's a different experience than, than most of us experience in our, in our Sunday liturgy. And, our, and the children get to, the young folks get to experience that and bring it back. Yeah, it's, it's, it's powerful. Uh, extremely powerful. Yeah. And, and all of, like you said, all of it, uh, much of it uh, made possible by donations to the House of Charity. Now, um, because I always like to see how, 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 I like to know how the sausage is made. I like to know how the bills are made, uh, legislation is made. Um, just from a fundraiser's perspective, the... How does the House of Charity actually run? It's, we all, we're, I think most of us are familiar with kickoff weekend. We see the video. We see the uh, there's usually the cards, uh, pledge cards in the uh, in the pews, but it's a little bit more to that, right? Uh, gosh, it's a, a lot of it is a lot more technical than that, if you will. Um, uh, we actually do th uh, five different phases of mailings prior to kickoff weekend. There are three advanced levels of ask. There are two uh, special and general uh, levels. They go out in, in phases, if you will. Um, we ask our pastors to uh, 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 interact with our major donors each year. Um, uh, Bishop is the person who does that reaching out largely by mail. Um, uh, of course, there is in Pew Sunday. Uh, many parishes uh, more recently are doing receptions, which is a very uh, interesting model. Um, we will invite uh, the directors of Catholic Charities Vitality. We'll invite staff from those programs as well as our other pastoral programs to be with us on an evening. A uh, pastor might invite 200 folks. There might be 100 folks who actually are able to show up for the meeting. It's usually a light reception. Um, but I can tell you, I've, some of the experiences that we have had at receptions, we did one in particular, we, we did a year ago, um, actually in Hamilton. And it, Mike, there's nothing, there's nothing that happened at that reception that was different than any of the other 25 receptions that we did that year. Um, but after everyone spoke, uh, myself, Sheila, who's our associate director for the House of Charity, sat down. And as we sat down, there were five people who walked up behind us, put their hands on their, our shoulders, and wanted to talk to us about the needs that they had 
that just the presentation of the various directors had, had elicited it from them. We literally wound up with asking one of the two of the folks actually from Catholic Charities to go into a corner of the room where one by one about 10 people who were present went to talk to them about what their particular issues were. Some of those people wound up coming back for service uh, to Catholic Charities. And they were all people actually who had been generous in the past to House of Charity. These were donors. You know, you think that because you're, you may be a donor or you may have the financial resources to make a, a gift to House of Charity that maybe you weren't in need of service. People with, people with wealth and the ability to make a difference in terms of monetary resources have all the same other issues that every one of us have, psychologically, physically, family-wise, and they need someone to talk to. And some, sometimes finding someone to talk to is harder for them than it is for other folks, and that gives them an opportunity to do that. Mike, it was, it was mystical. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was an experience that I haven't had before. Words can't quite describe it. Yeah. And I can't tell you what happened that was that, that made it happen there than anywhere else. Um, uh, but it's a reason it's a reason beyond fundraising. This is not you know, it's not about fundraising, it's not about the dollars, it's about the relationships that are built. Mm-hmm. Because that's what we're being asked to do. Find people, encounter them, accompany them. That's what makes the difference. So when we talk to pastors we talk about that kind of experience at a reception, not about not about raising money from donors. That's not, yeah. That's not where it is. Yeah. No, it's it's it. it that's the thing about the, what I learned. You know, before I came to the diocese, I was aware of the House of Charity. We were donors, um, but what you realize once I became a part of the diocese it was far more multifaceted than just in pew Sunday a video and a and a donation card, and and honestly those and not just in terms of the House of Charity, but you know in everything that I've been to and been a part of, whether it's theology on tap or I race for vocations or the wedding of the sea or the justice for all dinner or anything when we bring all these people together and it's not it's not everybody coming to the same event but it is large groups of people coming together it is incredibly powerful I mean it's having been you were at the JFA this year right yeah, you know yeah for the past four years yeah and yeah it's true Mr. Hickey is very good about getting uh, getting staff to and that that actually I really think that makes a big difference because it also it also brings a level of it's this isn't just a fundraising event this is a hey get to meet the people who are actually on the ground doing the work um, but uh, you know when we're at the JFA event it's those interactions yeah. that are so much and once again the stories that we heard and and everything so I mean Pete you're, you're in the storytelling business I mean yeah is that the thing that keeps you Something. keeps you coming yeah and I think with the I was touched by the video this year uh, and it, it just it, it's you know you when when you uh, when you see just how many people can be helped or you know we're all you know we're all on this journey together and it's just not you know and you're right, Jim. I love that phrase. That we've heard it a lot on the show, but it's it's great. You know, we don't help them because they're Catholic, because we are, and that's what it's about: missionary discipleship and helping our neighbors. And and you know, and not everybody has the opportunity to do that, which is why something like the House of Charity is actually kind of a nice, a nice feature because it may be that you can't be. You can't be the physical embodiment of a missionary disciple, but you can still help out in some way by having this kind of a resource to to donate to and knowing that there will be boots on the ground who like Jeanette, like Rosemary, like all the teachers in our schools who will do something positive with with that donation. You know, yeah. And Pete, I'm absolutely I'm you know, I'm fascinated by the connection that you made in terms of the story. Because when you think of church, when you think of the art of the church, if you go to Italy, for example, and, and visit the Vatican, or, or all over Italy, as a matter of fact, our, our art tells the story before people could read the gospel. Artwork was there to tell them what the gospel was going to say. That yeah. was a, It's a magnificent tool. Um, I don't want to say chapel. unique to our faith, but certainly a major part of our, our faith. We kind of tell the story in the same way, a little differently in terms of modern media technique, if you will, or what have you. But it's so the story told right is so powerful. Yeah, it's it's 
it's very, you know, it's, I always look forward to seeing the video, seeing how it is each year. And, uh, and even, you know, we have the story in this week's Star Herald, too. We have a little uh, section. Oh, yeah, that's, that's a good the idea. We, the, so, the center section of the, the Catholic Star Herald this week is all about the House of Charity. And it, it goes into even a little bit more detail than we we're bringing up yeah. today, which is rare because usually we go into the most detail. But uh, by, by, all, by all means, read. Yeah, it's, it's bilingual, too. Yes, so it's right. in Spanish and English, and it's online, too. It's on right. CatholicStarHerald.org. And just another way you don't get the word out and... I mean, God bless all of you. You guys don't stop. It seems and with Rosemary and Jeanette, are you uh, talking about encounter? Do you spend, do you, can you, is there a percentage of how much you're in the office as opposed to out there talking with people? I'm in all six counties from Camden to Cape May trying to make sure that our clients get the assistance that, that's needed. Many of the families that we assist would not be possible if it was not for the House of Charity or the Bishop's Appeal. So that component, because Catholic Charities is recipients, we are helping a lot of people in our community. And so I, I'm grateful to be a part of that experience and, if, and, and grateful for the donations that make it possible for me to do what I do. Because if it was not for the House of Charities, Catholic Charities would not be able to sustain and help the amount of people that we do. So it's just been a great experience to be even a part of all of it, all of it. Definitely, yes. I think I'm, I'm out in the community probably, um, I guess, two-thirds of the time, and then I do need time you know, in the office. And I also I could be at anywhere making phone calls or you know, reaching out to uh, clients um, when we have the intakes and the information uh, because they will call into the center. Um, and it could be anywhere, anyone from a deacon to a family uh, or a friend that will call in to give information. And so we try to reach out to them within 24 to 48 hours and determine specifically what their needs are. And then, for the most part, I will set up a time to go out and sit with them in their homes and uh, review everything with them and then start the process of collecting information, determining what, you know, what I can do for them. Um, so, and that process, you know, it is, it can take time. It's not, um, sometimes it can get immediate results, but sometimes uh, with the different programs that you were talking about, Janetta, it does take time because, you know, we need to have the information collected from the clients. I need to um, gather that information and put it in their file and, you know, begin the fact-finding uh, process and then being able to actually come up with a resolution as to being able to provide them um, with services or it could be um, anything from, I just helped this gentleman uh, yesterday um, his father is progressing with Parkinson's and he just needed help. He didn't really know the healthcare system or other services. So I was, you know, just in the one day I was able to um, connect him with uh, getting meals on wheels, calling his physician, setting him up with in-home care because he definitely needed, uh, you know, PT, OT, uh, skilled nursing care, um, home health aid, um, helping him. He has a pacemaker. I could, I knew about uh, having, you know, the electro electrophysiology part of it having them set that up in his home so he didn't need to leave his home to go to the doctor's office to get his pacer checked. Also set up with um, in-home blood draws so he's on a particular medication that requires once a month um, a blood test and his other uh, labs. I could get that set up for him because I've done that as a home care nurse and I know that and um, just continue with his medications. Call the pharmacy, make sure that he has automatic refill so he doesn't run out of his, any of his medications. Set up the delivery service. So these are all things that I could do for him right away and his son was so grateful his son is in the military and he's very busy and um, you know they've lost family members so he's alone in the home and there's just so many things that you can do you know for an individual just to make their lives um, easier and uh, make make uh, services available to them and there's so many I could tell you very you know a lot of other things other people that I've helped I don't know how much time we have but um, you know there are just so many people that are in need and um, it's amazing. And like I say, they are very, very uh, grateful that there are people that care. And I think that's what it is. And I think, you know, uh, as a Catholic, you know, and I love our faith, I'm very proud to be a Catholic. And I know that we do so much good. And, um, and that's what makes me, you know, happier to even be doing what I'm doing, because it definitely is a demonstration of uh, what we stand for as Catholics. Mm -hmm. 
Very good. Well, we're just about uh, just about time to wrap up. Um, Pete, did you have any uh, final thoughts or questions? Well, just Rosemary, we're, we're just talking about storytelling. That was a beautiful example. You just told that beautiful story about that family, and the son in the military is just so grateful. And and I'm I'm feeling you know tugged to my heartstrings, oh. and I just know this. Uh, you know, if it, it, I'm just this is what we are. This is who we are. And I just, I'm, I'm, it's just great, you know, and I, I was thinking of the word synergy here. We all mm-hmm. work together. We're all one part of this, uh, of this. I, I hesitate to call it a machine. It works mm-hmm. like a well-oiled machine, but it's not. It's a ministry. It's, a, it's the vineyard, I guess, is the best way to put it. So We I'm all just, cultivate. We all cultivate. Yeah, go. we're all cultivating. There you go. Thank you, Mike. Yeah, I think that's no that's problem. better. The um, well, okay then. Uh, actually, as and as the the last thoughts we'll we'll focus on. Uh, I didn't really ask Rosemary, Janetta. Are you sports fans? Do you care that it's the Super Bowl this weekend? Go Eagles. That's the right answer. Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> and I'll start with you. No, no, I'll end with you, Jim. What do you think the finale of the uh, Super Bowl will be? What will be the final score? 2417. Oh. 2417 Eagles. Wow. Okay. First, Rosemary. I don't have a prediction as far as a score, score is concerned, but I really wasn't concerned that much about football in the past. But of course, with the Eagles, and it's so close to home that you can't help but be excited about it. So it mm-hmm. really has generated enthusiasm mm-hmm. for sure. Okay. And I can see it out on the streets. Yes, the you people can. People on their, their cars and their flags and the Wawa's mm-hmm. that are it's decorated. Good, it's good for the health and morale of exactly. the, the region around Philadelphia, exactly. not just Philadelphia. Janetta? I can't predict the score, but I will predict that I probably will be cooking <laughs> my husband a big feed there you go. while he watched the game. That's good. That's good. <laughs> and, and Mike, I have to tell you, as a South Philly boy, having experienced the celebrations there, I kind of wish I were in Philadelphia. I may try to find myself in Philadelphia on, on Sunday evening, but I but I have one dis- interesting fact in, in our family. The last time the Eagles won a championship in 1960, mm-hmm. my wife was there. Wow. And I don't have the opportunity really? to be there for this one. No, oh, man. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, Pete, what about yourself? As Or are you just counting down the days to pitchers and catchers? Well, no. I actually will be spinning Super Bowl Sunday. I'm not going to talk about it, but uh, I'm, it's a story-related. You, you, you could say it, hello. Well, I, I don't. I don't want to. I want to kind of give. Just let people know that I'll be. I'll be here very. You'll be, you'll be with a special fan. I will be with the very special fan Sunday night and look for the Star Herald next week. Um, That's I'm true. excited and and but yes, I am uh, primarily baseball, but I'm excited for the city. I, I have. Do you think the Eagles will win, or do you think they'll lose? As a as a fairly nonpartisan, other than the fact that you're Philadelphia adjacent. I think they have a good shot. I do. I think their defense is very strong. I I think um, notwithstanding, you know, the Patriots just, they do have a very good team. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, you can say about them, Brady and Belichick are Hall of Fame worthy. And uh, Eagles were through this with them 2004. Mm-hmm. So it would be nice to get a measure of, you know, not I guess it wouldn't be revenge, you know. Redemption. I mean, Maybe Redemption, attention. yeah, and I think yeah. um, it's interesting. It's in the uh, city where they vanquished the team, the Vikings. That's true. So that'll be. Yeah. I don't know. That's a sound. It's very poetic for that. Mm. So. Well, if I could say something as well about the Eagles that I learned mm. is that they are apparently the most faith-filled team. They are. That's and, true. Uh, so I say, if they have God on their side, <laughs> you can't go wrong, right? <laughs> <laughs> It can't hurt. I'll tell you that. No, no, that's for sure. We'll see how many Hail Marys and immaculate yeah. receptions. <laughs> hey, whatever it takes. Yeah. In my in my case, I was very confident after the Vikings game, and since then, my confidence hasn't waned. But the reality of oh, that's right, we're playing against the greatest football team of all time. I now understand that it it they, it will take perhaps one of the most perfect games ever played by the Eagles to uh, to win and but I certainly think they're capable of it so um, I I would pers- I I figured they would need to win 62 to 45 just cuz Tom Brady is so hard to, to kill <laughs> that uh, they'll have to score 62 points to, to beat the uh, beat the Patriots but no, we'll but, see, we'll see what actually happens no I just I'm, you know thinking about one last thing I think thinking of the Patriots you got to worry about uh, their really very talented player, Rob Gronkowski, who had a concussion in the last game, 
but I think he's starting to be cleared. Oh, he was cleared. Yeah, yeah he'll and, be back. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know, though. That's always shaky with that concussion business. So we'll have to see how he uh, performs and yeah. if the Eagles can. That's why they play the games. I am looking forward to it, though. I'm yeah. But I've, I've, I've decided to eschew the party, and instead I will simply be, like I did in 2008, I will be hunkered down in my when the Phillies won the World Series. I will be hunkered down in my uh, living room with my son on one side, my dog on the other, my <laughs> wife pacing back and forth between the kitchen and – she, she'll go every time I leave the room. They score. I'm like, well, honey, uh, you know, what you do? It's uh, <laughs> like when uh, in the World Series game one, I was at my buddy's house, and he went to the bathroom, and Chase Hutley came up and hit a home run. <laughs> so every other at bat, he went to the bathroom hey. when Hutley came up. That's yeah. That's what superstitions are there for. Yeah. But uh, but anyway, well, thank you all for uh, thank you in particular for joining us today. Can oh, I'm I say sorry, one little final yes. thing yes, of course. before we to start uh, to finish where we began talking about Punxsutawney Pete? He is only correct 39% of the time, oh. his prediction. So all of you out there There's who hope. are looking for spring to come, he could have been wrong. Okay. So have faith. And yeah, much like all the, all the prognosticators about the, the Eagles losing the Super Bowl, right. they could be wrong too. So we all win. Yeah. Let's all have faith in a warm weather and uh, an Eagles win. Sounds good. There yeah. you go. All right. Well, Pete, thank you. Thank the three of you for being with us. And thank to all of our listeners for joining us. Uh, have a good weekend. Uh, don't forget to donate to your house of charity uh, through your house of charity vehicle of choice. And Pete, uh, oh, we've already recorded next week's episode. So uh, well, I don't know. Can I, you know, I forgot to mention at the beginning. Can we end with this about Ash Wednesday? Bishop uh, Sullivan celebrating Ash Wednesday Mass at the Cathedral Immaculate Conception yes. in Camden mm-hmm. on Wednesday, February 14th at 12.05. Mm-hmm. So come out and, and get your ashes with Bishop Sullivan. Should be good in Mike. Are you going to be the bell ringer? Wasn't there, weren't you the bell ringer? I have that? been the bell ringer in the past, but uh, <laughs> we get it, we we do get mi- media at that uh, mass often. So I will be media wrangling as opposed to bell pulling. So then I should get my, <laughs> but, but you should get you, my arms ready. Get, get your to, arms ready to, to pull okay. a, that big heavy bell. Okay, just All call right. me Quasimodo. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> that might stick, Pete. You might like that. Anything All right. you ask for, Quasi. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much for joining us. I'll have a uh, good weekend, and we'll see you again next week. <laughs> God bless.